For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So last week, you, you guys remember there was a story of a man who came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to be saved, to have eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. And the guy goes, yeah, I've done that, but it's not enough. Why do you think the guy knew that it wasn't enough? What do you think? He was still empty. What else do you think? I think that's right. Anybody here, you're doing the right things and you still know it's not okay? He wasn't feeling God's peace. peace. Yeah? Like what else? He didn't see the transformation in his life. What else? No No joy. He didn't have what was promised. Guys, you give me a brand new Lamborghini and I jump into it. Looks like a Lamborghini, feels like a Lamborghini, but I go to turn the key and nothing happens. I might go, something's wrong. If we're not having the life that was promised, maybe we're like that rich young ruler. And so Jesus said, oh, it's real easy. It's real easy. No big deal. Just one more thing. Oh, so it was 10 commandments plus one. Okay, all right. What's the extra one? Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And he said he went away sad. Why? Because he had a lot of stuff. And that, that seems really cruel, but last week we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, and that's literally what Jesus was doing. He was trying to say, if you think you can do it, You can't. He knew the man couldn't do that. He was trying to get the guy to realize you cannot do it. This life you've been called to, you can't do it. And I watched last week as many of us went away sad. Despairing even. Depressed. Feeling like on the outside, it's like the image of of an orphan on the outside of the glass in the middle of a snowstorm, looking through at a bakery full of warm, cooked goods. I can see it. I can imagine I can smell it, but I can't taste it. Jesus is inviting us to a life we are fundamentally unable to do. And how did he affect the way? How did he open the way through the heavens? Is he died upon a cross to do what? To do what? To forgive our sins. We couldn't do it to pay the price for what we could not do to the things that, in, that have separated us from God. He took it upon himself to forgive us our sins. But we read this verse last week in Matthew 6. And if you have Bibles, I'd really recommend you have them. Um, you'll get some extra points. I'm not sure what they're good for, but you can have them. Open to Matthew chapter 6. And we talked about this. As he says, if you want to know how to pray, first of all, don't babble on like the pagans, but make it simple. And he says, our father, start with the fact, our father. He's not, he, and what kind of father? He's the father who runs to the prodigal. He's the father who goes to the, the, boy, the son who's in the field. Everybody who is distant from God, God is pursuing you. He loves you. He's never, we've never but been enemies in our own minds, Paul says in Colossians. 
Hallowed be your name. You're different than we thought. You're so much better. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. We have real needs today. We're not going to talk about the future. We'll talk about right now. And forgive us our sins or our debts as we forgive our debtors or those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But then he puts this caveat. He doesn't explain any other part of this, but he explains this. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your father will also forgive you. That's awkward. Why is that awkward? It's conditional. He'll forgive our sins if we forgive others. Let me ask again, why is that awkward? Because the flip side. The flip side. If we don't forgive. If we don't forgive, then we cannot experience his forgiveness. See, the kingdom, we talked about this being two different kingdoms. One is a kingdom of lack, of pain, of suffering. of darkness, and the other kingdom, a kingdom of light, joy, peace, and abundance. Which kingdom would you like to live in? Nobody stuttered. Well done. Right, right? But Jesus says, he says, if you receive the forgiveness, right? You get to live here because I've paid the price for all of your lack. But if you choose not to forgive, guess where you will live? Right? This is why there's that passage in, in, in Matthew 18 where we have the unforgiven servant where the guy has been forgiven an un, unimaginable sum of money. He owes the king, and he's going to be thrown in prison. The guy says, please have mercy, and the king has mercy on him. Why? Honestly, because the guy can't and will never pay anyway. But the second thing is, is then he goes out, and another guy owes him 600 bucks, and he puts him in prison. When the king hears it, he throws him back in prison, he says, and he'll stay there tortured until he doesn't. I'm going to add down here torture Uh, another example is if you look further on in matthew 9 jesus goes and there's a paralytic is they've ripped open the roof they lower him down in the middle and jesus and he's and and everybody looks what's he going to do and jesus goes hey bro your sins are forgiven everybody's like what does that have to do with price of tea in china and who are you to forgive sin and Jesus goes, well, because, so you understand I have the power to forgive sin. Take up your bed and walk. Why did he forgive him? Because I believe there was some issue of forgiveness that was holding him captive. You know one of the people that we're least likely to forgive? Ourselves. Ourselves. Now, some people say you can't forgive yourself. Okay, fine. I'll play your game. You know what you can do is refuse to allow God to forgive you. Anybody here, you receive God's forgiveness, but you won't let you off the hook? Because, you know, you know better than God. Nobody? 
right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because when I refuse to experience, to own his forgiveness, I'm saying I'm a better judge than he is. And I'm placing me above God. See, God forgives. How much does God forgive? All. Well, I don't deserve it. No, duh. (laughs) People are like, well, at one point I did. No, you didn't. Not a single one of us has ever deserved to be forgiven. And in fact, here's one of the issues of forgiveness. Do you want to know why we can never pay for what we did? Give you an example. If you stand me up, I can't get that hour of my life back, can I? There's nothing you can do. You can, you can give me money, whatever, but time cannot be bought back. What you fear, forgiveness says, I'm not getting it back anyway. I release you. But who of us wants to let people go? Well, let me say this. Let me, um, so let me put it in another way. Anybody had this experience with your car? You're driving your car. You're, well, I'll, I'll, let me flip it and go further. Um, anybody heard the, the, sh- the call-in talk show uh, on public radio called Car Talk? Yeah. Yeah. Click and clack the Tappet Brothers. Um, they're hilarious. You should check it out. It's worth it. They're just hilarious. Anyway, um, one guy's a you know, MIT uh, engineer. The other guy they owns a car shop, and they talk about cars. And one lady... They were, I, don't, I can't remember. If, I think they were just talking about a car that was brought in. The lady had like a, a three-year-old Lexus, brand new car. I mean, three years, right? Lexus, is, the quality is going to be great. Blows a head gasket. The engine blows up. Those engines will go for 20 years if you take care of them, right? And they go, what in the world? And they look at it and they're like, they're like trying to figure out what happened, what happened. What, da, da, da. And they said, well, when was the last time you changed the oil? And she said, what's that? <laughs> um, that what, I, but they, it had oil. Why would I change it? Every man in here just went, <laughs> right? Like, okay, why? So we, anybody had this where you let it go, not 3,000, but not 5,000, but 10,000 miles? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know you that feeling when you get the oil change? It's like you have a new car. <laughs> You're like, you didn't realize how bad it was driving. Or maybe you have horrible tires and you get new tires and you're like, whoa, is this what it feels like? This is amazing. Or maybe, uh, you know, um, it's uh, brake pads. Anybody here let your brake pads go for a while? The car still stops. <laughs> and then you get new brake pads. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know you could stop, Right. The thing about it is, is when we experience the forgiveness of God, we're like experiencing the fullness of life. But when we don't forgive, you'll find that there's this creep into this place where we lose all our joy, many times bit by bit, many times we we lose it. And do you know where we lose it? With each other in unforgiveness. So let me, let, me, let me flip it around. Okay, so let's, let's do a scale of unforgiveness. Can we do that? So down here, I'm going to say 10 for me is uh, you kill me or you mess with my kids. 
Like that is, that's it. That's it. That's it. Right? Now, down here is one. Uh, give me the middle of the road something to forgive. Guy, guy cuts you off in traffic. I'm going to give that a three. Some of you are like, no, that's a seven straight off. <laughs> what? what? Oh, lies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Let's put adultery up here. Let's say uh, big lies. Uh, what's some other stuff? Steal, theft, yeah. Steal, theft. Betrayal, yeah, betrayal, it's like Dante's levels of hell, right? Okay, so yeah, uh, an insult, an insult, an insult. Uh, depends on who it's from, right? Like if it's a toddler, you're kind of like, well, yeah, you, right? But yeah, yeah, it's so, an insult, right? We'll put that up there. All right, let me, let me do this one. Anybody, uh, what, on where would you put uh, someone being 10 minutes late? Uh, a, minus one. a minus one. Okay, I, all right. <laughs> 10 minutes late. Okay, so let me, let me show you not what you do. This is what I do. So, so here's the deal. So maybe they're 10 minutes late. Maybe they're, um, let's see, uh, but they're... Cons- Yes. Anybody here, you were not ready for someone and they showed up at your house and you're like, turn off the lights, honey. Right. Okay. 10 minutes later, 10 minutes early. But the thing is, is, or, or anybody have a friend who doesn't have a filter. You're like, I can't believe you said that. Right. One of the things that we do is we begin to go, well, it's okay. They're just pathetic. True. Right. Because one of the sisters of unforgiveness, what do you guess it is? Judgment. Right? Yeah, right? Isn't it? Because what happens is with judgment, I separate, I protect my heart from you. Right? Unforgiveness is a means of protecting myself. I'm mad. And there's this strange idea that I'm going to get my stuff back somehow. Anybody here, you've been waiting for an apology? Anybody here, you waited for the apology and you got the apology and it still wasn't enough? Let me ask you this. If somebody betrays you, how much is enough? Adam and Eve betrayed God. He only asked them to do not do one thing. The, the thing about it is, is our ability to trust, our ability to trust is the very currency of relationship. You and I cannot have a relationship without trust. Does that make sense? And the degree to which we trust is the degree to which we have a relationship. Now, here's the bad news. If I trust you, you will violate my trust. 100% guarantee. Would you agree with that statement? Why? Because people are fallible. It might not be intentional, but guess what? Every time you do something against me and I grab the opportunity for unforgiveness, do you know what I do? I've moved from up here to down here. 
and the torture begins. Who here has been tortured in the middle of the night by what other people have done to you? Was that fun? Paul was doing the right thing, right? He's preaching the gospel in the city of Philippi. He's preaching the gospel and they bring false charges against him. I'm going to tell you right now, false charges right here are this. I've had some false charges in my life and I'll tell you what, you want to take me to 11 quick, that's how you do it. False, ah! false charges, they beat him. 39 lashes, they beat him within an inch of his life. His body is ripped open. Then they throw him down into the pit full of human excrement to die. Him and Silas. And the next thing you see them doing is what? Having a worship service. Okay, let me ask you. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, what does your worship look like? True? Who here, you walk into worship and you remember what people have done? Like it reminds you. No? <laughs> people <are> like... <laughs> No, when we walk into his presence, everything that is not who he says we are is activated. And in fact, that, 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 uh, some of you, you were okay until you walked in here and now it's just feel like you have a low grade fever. You know, a thousand, you can have death by a thousand cuts, can't you? Anybody here lost your joy a little bit, little bit, little bit? The reality is, how much unforgiveness is too much? What do you think? Any. Come on. I got to hold out for the big stuff, right? Who are my people? You have a list. No. If anybody ever did, or if they already did, no. Who are my people? You know what I mean? You, we all have that line. What did Jesus forgive? All. When I forgive, what I am doing is I am turning them over to Jesus to deal with. Now, I've heard people say, Jesus will get justice for you. <laughs> That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. See, we talked about this before. Justice is to return a thing or a person to what it was always intended to do. Justice will be letting the people understand what they did, which will hurt, but it will allow them to come to a place where they can repent. That is justice. But it doesn't mean you're going to get your stuff back. It doesn't mean you're going to get to watch them just wail and writhe in your pain. My question is, I, I feel like really we, we forgive pretty good in the mid-range. We're really bad at the edges. Who here? You're like, oh, I don't need to forgive them for being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, right? You piddly stuff. Ah, it doesn't really matter anyway. I insulate my heart by looking down on you and judging you. But what happens is I come down here. And the big stuff, 
There is no way I can ever forgive that. Here's what I want you to know. You do not have to forgive. You don't. Nobody is making you forgive. Please hear me on this. You are not required to forgive. But when you do not forgive, when I do not forgive, we are simply tormenting ourselves. We're not tormenting them. You know, the line of of unforgiveness is like uh, uh, drinking poison and hoping it kills somebody else. I can't let go. You are absolutely correct. Because even forgiveness, forgiveness is a supernatural act. We are unable to let go in and of ourselves. We aren't. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody here tried to forgive? Tried to be like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. <laughs> Nobody? Like, it just keeps coming back? I cannot forgive in my own strength. For, because forgiveness is simply, simply this is the fundamental recognition that what Jesus did on the cross was enough for me and for them and for this. And that his ministry of restoration of all things can begin on this. See, when I refuse to forgive, what I'm saying is, God, you can't start working on restoring my heart in this area. Anyone have a friend who they went through something 10, 15, 20 years ago and they've never moved on? I submit unforgiveness. No! I'm waiting to get my stuff back. You can't move forward when you're looking back. You can't let God invade as long as we're holding on. God, I release it to you. I release it to you. But forgiveness, as I said, we can't even do. Do you know what forgiveness really is? God, I can't. I need you to do this for me. I need you to unhook this thing from my heart. I am unable, but I'm willing for you to do it in me. It's not my own strength. It's not my own ability. But I want to submit to you, who are the people we most need to forgive? Who give us the most reasons to forgive? The people we live with. The closer someone is, the more opportunities they give you to work on it. Right? Right? No? People are like looking straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Un, that, that thing is, is unforgiveness is so absolutely critical because if I do life with you, we're going to have problems. True? If we do life together, if you, the reason why people bounce into church and out of church is not because of Jesus. Right? It's because of people. Ah, this is the most amazing church. Everybody just loves each other. Right? What, guys, do you guys remember, what did he say is the evidence of the spirit in your life? That you love one another. What's the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, gentleness, all of the good stuff, right? Here's the problem. Do you know what it takes for each one of those? Other people. You can't have love all by yourself, contrary to what some of the songs have said. I love me. No, 
I, I don't need patience, except if you're in my life, making, running 10 minutes late or 10 minutes early. I don't need kindness. I don't need gentleness. I don't need all these things if you're not in my life. But what did he say? These are the fruit of what? Not the fruit of my effort. Anybody had someone love you and you wish they wouldn't? I am loving you. Do you not feel the love I have for you? Mm. That's not love. That is, a, that is a human work. Please don't. But you know what blocks me from being able to access the pipe of the spirit flow into my life? More than any other thing, the very thing that Jesus died to, to affect, unforgiveness. He died to remove the, the, because we could not receive God's love because of unforgiveness. And uh, we cannot receive his love without, with unforgiveness in our hearts. But when we receive his love, it's like, how, why do we love? Because Christ first loved us. How can I experience his love to be able to give it to you is if I forgive you. I cannot, if I am, I can't tell you the number of times. Again, I've come into the presence of God and I'm like, oh, something's not right. And I've tried to figure out how to fix it. God's like, oh, it's real simple. Look over there, forgive them. Yeah, no, I'd like some other option. I, can I read my Bible more? Can I praise harder? Can I push through? Forgive. Jesus put it this way. He said, if you are going to the temple to worship and you realize your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go be reconciled. Can't we just like wash it over with spiritual activity? Anybody here tried that? Just praise harder. No, no. I would submit that nine times out of 10, when we are struggling, the, the, way, the reason why we're hurting, the reason why we're unable to experience God's goodness and love and the breakthroughs we long for is because we're holding on to rightly justified unforgiveness or we have unforgiveness that we don't even label as unforgiveness. Nobody? Do you know what I'm talking about? I want to tell you this. This is a problem in life. But I think this is a much bigger problem. It's okay. You're pathetic. It's okay. You're a loser. You're a jerk. For me, um, so this kind of unforgiveness, a lot of times I can, I can tell I, can, I have it, is like um, if I'm starting to be getting irritated, right, with your domestics. <laughs> right? So it's like... Oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, <laughs> it's not about the big stuff. It's usually about the socks, ladies. Let's be real, right? <laughs> it's like, it's about the little stuff, right? That just happens over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> right? <laughs> How dumb can you be? <laughs> <laughs> well, right? I, I always, I always say this, ladies. Ladies, be like, I do not understand. I have been telling him for six months th about this. I'm like, tell me what you said. 
I said, this is a problem. That's not telling him. That's subtlety. I was like, when was the last time you told him? Three months ago. That's not, no. No, that... I think we were listening to Denny Silk, him doing like some kind of counseling thing with this couple that was getting a divorce. And um, the husband was like bewildered. He was like, but I took her to Paris. And Denny was, and he was, uh, Denny Silk was like, you could not fix with Paris what you broke with your underwear. <laughs> But what I want to say is, it takes two to tango. Because let me tell you, if you come at me with uh, carbon reinforced <laughs> underwear, yeah. right? Like, like the reality is, unforgiveness is a two-way street. Two-way street. And it's your personal business of whether you're going to walk, no matter what they do, Well, right? It does not matter. I mean, honestly, like Jesus did not say, you know, forgive if they're fixed up and they pick up all the socks and everything goes in the basket and everything is clean and tidy or whatever they shape up in whatever other way, right? It's a mandate to forgive. And it has to happen pretty quickly, like within the day span, right? Don't let the, the sun go down on your anger. They, they've actually done neurological studies. Here's why. When you go to sleep, you literally build structures in your brain based upon your day's activities if they're not resolved. You literally build unforgiveness into your brain. That's why, that's why like, like whether it's trauma or unforgiveness, if someone resolves it quickly, it has no effect. They resolve it in that day, but if they hold on to it, So I feel like I feel like, and I've shared that before. Um, as soon as I got that revelation, um, that it literally unforgiveness and judgment, even small stuff, it literally plunges my day into this sphere where the enemy has access to me and where he has absolute right to come and take anything from me. Okay, that's the truth of it. Hard truth. As soon as I go down here, as soon as I'm holding onto unforgiveness. The flow of heaven is stopped, and the flow of hell is opened wide. Okay? Let me give you an example. If you have been stuck for 20 years because of what was done to you, they, what they took to you in that moment, they took. For the last 20 years, you have been the one. Everything that's been stolen since is because of unforgiveness. It's a... That's pretty intense, right? Like, but once you wrap your mind around it and that revelation goes deep, like, there is a motivation to release stuff quickly, right? Someone cuts you off in traffic, you forgive right then. You just, you just go ahead and say, Jesus, I forgive and release It's them, not worth it. Right? It's not worth for me to go to hell. It's not worth for me to have... Like something in my house go out, you know, or my health be be hit, right? It's not worth it. It's not worth for me to be holding on. I just want to make it as stark and like obvious as possible because I feel like it's just, it's not natural for us. I think it's natural for us to hold on to all of our grievances, right? It's natural for us to separate. It's natural for us to isolate, but this life that we are called to of this radical forgiveness, of this radical love, 
of our hearts being turned outward is not natural for us, right? So it takes, it takes intentionality to step into. I will say in our experience, the most healings and the most deliverances happen with forgiveness. The, and to flip it, the most sickness and pain, chronic conditions and d- demonic oppression or uh, possession, whatever, happens from unforgiveness. Who here wants that stuff? Good. I was worried for a second. <laughs> like, no, none of us wants it. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, but if I let them go, how will they know they hurt me? They don't have to know they hurt me, but they need to hurt because of what they did. So, and we're not talking about not having boundaries. We're not talking about, you know, not confronting stuff. Like, it's good to talk stuff through. But whether you forgive and release, it's going to be up to you personally, whatever their response is going to be. Let, let me say this. The first thing we have to do is trust that God's will for us is better than our own. Because we fantasize about justice, don't we? No. God, I trust you with this. God, what do you want me to know about this situation? What do you want me to do? God, can you protect me if this goes south? Can you care for me? Can you... God, it, it, that's the first thing. I, honestly, a lot of times I have to, to come to, can I trust you? Can, I, can you protect me in this situation? The second thing is, what Masha said, the difference between boundaries... See, what a lot of people call boundaries aren't boundaries. They're walls. See, boundaries have gates. You, if you are safe, you can come in. Walls are like, never again! Right? That's a wall. I protect me. I protect me. Boundaries are, I can give boundaries in love. Walls I give in fear. Do you feel the difference? Boundaries I need God's help with. Walls I can do just fine on my own. Right? And the reality is, I will, with unforgiveness, build walls against everybody. This is how I came. I've said this before. I came to this place because I was in a point where I had unforgiveness against every single person on the planet, including people I hadn't met. Because I, out of fear, I would walk in and start judging people. You got my feelers? You're like, stranger danger. Maybe it's not Holy Spirit telling you that. Maybe that's your fear. And fear is not of God. Maybe that is actually the devil. Maybe that's not discernment. What if that's actually you building a wall to self-protect because you have an unhealed wound and unforgiveness in your heart? And so many of us, me included, um, you know, we get hurt so many times and we hold on to whatever has been done to us and then we just say, no more, right? I'm not doing this again. I'm not putting myself out again. I'm I'm not risking. I'm not building this relationship, right? Who's there with me? And it's like, I mean, it's your choice. I was talking with a guy the other day, and he was just, you know, he checked out of life for a couple eight years, years, eight years, God life. And 
He was just recounting every way he's been hurt. And I was like, yes, me too. Me too, yes. Been there. Stepped in the back from each dire every direction. But here is my question. Do I stay there? Do I stay frozen? Do I stay disconnected? Or do I live? This is the question. Like, you're not that special. Like, yes, you've been hurt. Yes, I've been hurt. Like, it's, we're not that special. Like, everyone has. That's the truth. Like, if you've been holding on to a nursing, yes, it was bad. Yes, it sucked. Like, yes. Yes, they were bad. Yes, they were imperfect. Like, yes, they didn't yes. do what they should have done. Yes, the whole thing. But where do I want to be? Like, where do I want to go? Do I want to be alive? Do I want to love? Do I want the kingdom of heaven to, co to come through my life? If I keep holding on to my grievances, it won't. So, I mean, I'm asking that question. I'm like vulnerable in asking that question for myself, right? I feel like just for all of us to open that up and like, yeah. Like, I'm scared to trust. I'm scared to open up. Like, it did not go well. But do I want to live here? And that's the choice. Once we make that vow and we start disconnecting and we start separating, that's the place where we end up. We've known so many people that coming out of COVID have never actually rejoined life. Why? Because it's safer. But it's just sealing yourself into a tomb. We were made for relationship with God and relationship with each other. That, I just saw this. They actually did a, one of the deepest dive studies of mortality. Do you want to know the top two ways to not die? More than, more than exercise. Exercise is like six. Like no, no booze, no cigarettes. That's like third and fourth. You know what the, the, the top two are? Well, the, top, the second one is have close relationships, vulnerable close relationships, open relationships where they actually can hurt you, basically. And you know what the second one is? The amount of healthy, actual social interaction you have on a weekly basis. Those are the two factors. More than exercise, I was shocked. Exercise and healthy eating were like fifth and sixth. <laughs> Actually connecting with people many times during the week. Actually having deep, intimate connection. You and I cannot have these. It doesn't matter if we're physically showing up to things. We can't have it when we have unforgiveness. True? And so what Masha said, the question is, where do I want to live? And the question I've often asked is, I hear you, Lord, so how much unforgiveness can I keep? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody? Nobody? You're like, yes, Lord, you have all of my heart except this little piece right here. How much? He says, if you have not forgiven him, then you don't get to experience my forgiveness. The, the unforgiven servant was, for, was, was forgiven billions of dollars, but because of a $600 debt, he had it, the $6 billion debt reinstated. I don't know about you. I can't live this life on my own. 
I can't. And I don't want to. And so the minute I realize I'm having a subpar life, my first question is, oh God, who do I need to forgive? And I've never once wanted to forgive you. Sorry. We never want to forgive. We never want to. And, it's, and we're not, they've never deserved it. Ever. But the question is, do I want to live this life in him or on my own? <laughs> I feel like everyone is ready to forgive. They're like, oh my gosh, let's do it. You all ready? So we've let's been exposed <laughs> to this thing. And I want to, I want to walk you through this. And these steps are important. They're not magical, but they're important. Because there's a couple points, and I think you'll recognize where we tend to stop. The first is, I choose to forgive. It's my choice. I choose to forgive. Now, here's the second thing. Blank. Specific. Be specific. Why? Because nobody has ever sinned against you generally. True? Now, they might have sinned against you repeatedly, and I'll get to that in a second. But simply, I would say, well, what do I forgive? Whatever rises to the surface, you need not dig. Okay? Don't dig. Don't look for something else. Just whatever comes to the surface. Specific. Okay, so that's the first thing. I choose to forgive. The second thing is... I give them the free gift of my forgiveness. They don't earn it. They don't deserve it. I give it. Give. You can't get a gift back. You can't put little strings on it and try to pull it back later. It's not conditional, is it? I give them the free gift of my forgiveness. You ready? Here's the hard one. This is the one. This is the one where most of us stumble. They owe me nothing. Anybody balk? See, it's not forgiveness if I'm holding on. If I forgive alone, I no longer have any means of getting recouping that loss. They well, and owe, I guess the word that Jesus uses is debts, right? So it's literally they, alone. They owe me nothing. And I'll throw in this because this is my personal thing. Not yours. You, you find your own. My personal thing is not even recognizing what they did against me was bad. Because that's, that's to me. I'm like, I hold on to this. I'm like, well, I still fantasize about and them coming to their senses and groveling mm-hmm. and admitting and, no? Yeah. Number four is I release them from judgment. Okay? Right? Because I like forgive them, but I'm like. Mm-hmm. When he forgave that servant, he was totally free. He wasn't a second-class citizen as a result. And here's the last one. And this is, this is, to me, this is, I don't know how to say it. It cleans out the pipes. Lord, I bless them. And 
I will get, in the same way that this is specific, I'll get specific with the blessing. I'll be, and I'll ask God, God, how do you want to bless them? And I'll just tell you a trick. It's usually has connected to this. It's somehow connected to this. Uh, Lord, I bless them. I really believe that as we go right now and we pray through forgiveness, I, I really believe that many of us will start, exp- like a lot of the symptoms, like sickness is going to start lifting. A lot of the mental torment is going to start lifting. Um, you will feel very differently. And that's how forgiveness does become almost addictive because you start feeling like so different and so much better as you forgive. Okay. And so I really want you, some of you are like, I don't know if I can forgive. Just forgive the, the, just, just start with something. Start with something. You need to discover that this is possible because, because some of you are like, I don't know if I can. It's okay. It's okay. You need to understand, but this is a divine work that God does in us. So I will, I will lead you guys through an activation, um, with the, with those questions. Um, let's just go ahead and close our eyes. And just um, go ahead and just picture Jesus in front of you. And just ask him, Jesus, who do I need to forgive? Jesus. Who is the first person in line? <laughs> and just in your mind's eye, in, the, in that picture, go ahead and take that person that he's highlighted to Jesus. And then tell Jesus, Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Jesus, and just then be as specific as you can. I choose to forgive them for hurting me. Forgive them for violating my trust. Forgive them for breaking my heart, for stealing from me, for stabbing me in the back, whatever, whatever that was. Just but be specific. I'll give you a minute. And Jesus, I give them the free gift of my forgiveness. And almost like take that person by the hand and just put their hand in Jesus' hand. And I I would encourage you to just call them by name and just say the name and they say they owe me nothing. Jesus, I release them from judgment. Jesus, I bless them. And then just go like violently and bless, bless them. Just start blessing them. Jesus, I bless them to be successful. I bless them to thrive. I bless I, them to be free of torment. Yeah, I bless them to just um, be happy and fulfilled. I bless them to know you. And then just ask Jesus, Jesus, can I trust you with them?
and then just release. We'll just go after this for ourselves. Um, just say, Jesus, I choose to forgive myself. Jesus, I choose to forgive myself. And be as specific as possible. <clears throat> I choose to forgive myself for sabotaging my future. I choose to forgive myself for being stupid. I choose to forgive myself for just whatever, whatever your things are. Just be like, get as much out as you can. feel like there is especially like several things that are just so hard to let go in the past and I feel like Jesus is like putting his finger on it and he's saying just release it forgive yourself especially things that affected other people like if you're holding yourself responsible Jesus, I give myself a free gift of my forgiveness. I receive the and I receive the free gift of your forgiveness. Yes. Let your forgiveness just flow into me right now. Let your forgiveness flow into me right now. Let me physically experience your forgiveness right now. Mm. I release myself from a debt. I, I release my. I, I feel like a lot of us have been punishing ourselves for things that we haven't been able to forgive ourselves for. And um, I just want you to release yourself from punishment. Jesus, thank you that you took the punishment for me. You paid for this. I give it to you. And I release myself from judgment. And I would just be violent about this right now. Just start releasing yourself from judgment. I release myself from judgment that I'm stupid, that I will never change. Whatever your judgment has been, where you've been locked, locked in and stuck. That I will just never be different. That I will just always make the same mistakes. That I'm screwed up. Whatever, whatever that thing is. And this is where we're going to break some vows to, in Jesus' name, I break a vow. Jesus, I break a vow. That I will never open my heart. Whatever your vows have been. I will never let myself be hurt again. That I will not, yeah, I will not myself be hurt again. That I will not be vulnerable. That I will not um, trust. trust. <sighs> 
Just start breaking those vows and just releasing those vows. And then um, ask him, Jesus, Jesus, how do you want to bless me? How do you see me? How do you see me? What do you want to give me in exchange? And just start receiving it. Jesus, I receive that I'm beautiful. I receive that I'm pure and righteous, that I'm full of your glory, that I'm a carrier of your kingdom, that I'm a multiplier of your resources. Just whatever he's speaking over you, that I'm a light in the darkness, that I'm your child, that I'm loved, that I'm forgiven. Just start receiving it, that I'm blessed that I can build lasting, amazing connections and relationships. Final thing I want you to do is, is behind that dam of unforgiveness is a wealth of the water of the rivers of life that have been dammed up. They're beginning to flow, but you have no idea how much of his goodness is trapped behind there. Just take a moment right now and ask him, God, what things in my life have been trapped behind this dam of unforgiveness? The things I've been needing in my life, but because of me, of my unforgiveness, I've been unable to receive from you. What's hidden behind that dam? What is the joy set before me that I would pursue forgiveness? Scrap onto that. Because what Masha said so true is we become a, can become addicted to forgiveness because it releases so much life in every you have no idea the flood of life that will flood your heart and soul and, and life as you say yes to forgiveness and allowing his life to flow into you and through you. Oh my goodness. For some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, but this person, there's so much they've done. If you've lived with them, they have 5 billion things they've done. Don't worry. God will bring the things up one at a time and allow you to forgive them. You don't have to dig, but also you'll get fast at forgiveness. You'll get quick at forgiveness because you don't want to stay slave anymore. And you'll find that once you get going, you can start forgiving things like 30 things in a minute. Boom, 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 boom. It's incredible. If we could have the worship team come up. Yeah, I want to encourage us just even through, all through the worship right now, the rest of the morning, just as, as people are coming, as this, the uh, floodgates are open right now, as people are coming to mind, just keep releasing and forgiving them. And you are just going to fly out of here oh, at the on. end of the morning. Jesus, Jesus. Because there's just so much freedom. There is just so much grace flowing just into us as we forgive and release. Let's stand. Father, we thank you that this work of forgiveness is your work in us. It's not something we are able to do. 
So Lord, we trust you to have your way to do this work, to bear, tear down the dividing walls between us and between us and you, and that we'll experience the flow of your life like never before. In your beautiful name. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.